0: Hello and welcome to the Highland Bridge Builders podcast. This is Kyle Fagala. Today we have another teacher from the new 222 class. This is Alex Guy. Last week we had Kevin Betts and now we have Alex. And so Alex is a really impressive young man. I don't know how old Alex is, probably 24, 25. And it's been really awesome to watch him grow and mature as a college student to now a young adult and also a husband and just an excellent teacher and a great guy. He'll be teaching on Galatians, again, this is Galatians 5, 16 through 26, and I'm very excited. It's been good to to see Alex already this morning, and I think he'll do an excellent job. So here we
1: are with Alex Guy. All right, guys, so like uh, Trey said, I am Alex Guy. Uh, This is a lot more nerve-wracking. I was just telling Kyle, like, y'all are really old, and so... uh, you're pretty wise. I don't know if I am. Uh, so this is kind of the most nervous I've been in a while. So just kind of bear with me if I'm shaking a little bit. Uh, let's see. Where did my papers go? You said they were old, so I nice. Where are they? Well, I had a lesson. Uh, today we're just going to... Oh, okay. There it is. All right. We're going to let the spirit ride. Uh, let me go ahead and pray for us and then we'll get started father uh, thank you for this time thank you for this place lord that we can come and we can be encouraged and we can uh feed off of one another and we can feast on your word this morning Uh, thank you for this room of brothers and sisters that have been faithful to you and thank you for the leaders that you've placed here Uh, i just i ask that they keep passing that that down passing that baton to us and uh from us to younger generations, Lord, so that we can be uh, as faithful as we are called to be, Lord. Uh, let us look like the generation of Joshua, just uh, faithful to the point of almost going undefeated in battle, Lord, in the battles uh, that we're up against. I pray that you're helping us fight, and those are spiritual, and those are inward. And Lord, uh, I just ask as we talk about those today, that you speak through me, and that you uh, your spirit is present here. Uh, move me aside and just show your glory, Lord. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. All right. So, uh, Kevin talked on the beginning of this chapter. I'm just going to move this out. Uh, talked on the first half of Galatians 5, and uh, I'm going to pick up the second half, but probably Kevin could teach this as well because it's just going to be like the same thing. Paul is just going to repeat himself over and over and over. Uh, and so that's where we're going to we're going to be in 5:16 through 26. And up here, I'm going to read these so you don't have to turn there uh, just for notes purposes. They're up there. But Romans 8, 7 and Ezekiel 36, uh, 26 and 27. Okay, so I'll start off. Uh, let's go ahead and read this passage here. But I say, walk by the Spirit have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so, uh, pardon me if I like look down and just read this the whole time, but that's pretty much what's going to happen. The first part of this chapter Uh, It's speaking on the freedom So Kevin uh, spoke on the freedom that we now have in the spirit So now we have faith and the spirit has uh, relieved us from this enslavement to sin Uh, And now we have freedom to live And then we ended that with verse 14 For the whole law is fulfilled in one word You shall love your neighbor as yourself Okay, so Rather than the old sign of circumcision uh, that we have here, this big struggle for Galatia and then uh, the church in Acts, uh, when Paul comes back and writes Galatians, there's this problem going on, this big yoke being put upon uh, the new Christians, the Jewish converts, that, hey, you also need to be Jewish uh, before you are Christian. And so rather than this old sign uh, that the Jews have made this legalistic justification, we now have Uh, The new covenant sign of the spirit. So, like now, instead of circumcision that encompasses that you are under this full law, now it is the the sign of the spirit that shows that you are under uh, you or you are not under the full law. Like you are now relieved from this yoke that's been put upon you, and now you are able, you are capable of fulfilling this law. And that's what Paul is going to talk about here in this second part: is how you are fulfilling this law that you're not under. Okay. So we're no longer under the law. That's going to be the main theme. Rather, we are free to love each other uh, through the Spirit by faith. And so we do not tend uh, to desire others good. Like this is what Paul is saying is this love for each other here in verse 14 is this uh, desire for others good and the care for those desires. So now you're able to desire what is good for other people. And you're able to enact that uh, desire. You're able to care for that. Not as in like, hey, I really care about that, but as a uh, caregiver. So now we don't tend to do that. That's not our desire. Uh, so the bookends are going to be here in verse 15 and verse 26. And in between there, uh, we have these three instances in verse 15 in 19 and 20 and, and verse 26, where Paul is citing what opposes love. Okay, so that was the big thing is everything is wrapped up in this love. Uh, The first fruit that he's going to mention is love. And so these bookends are what uh, is opposing love for these new converts. And so he's just said in verse 14 that everything is fulfilled by loving their neighbors. Uh, He's not saying to really focus on this one law. Like if you can't keep the others, let's just focus on this one. He's saying that... uh, He is about to share how loving your neighbor is accomplished by the spirit through its fruit and how your flesh is defeated by the spirit. So he's sharing how to love your neighbor is accomplished and how uh, your flesh in the process is being defeated. Okay. so looking back at verse 16, we're just going to go step by step here and uh, just kind of reread these and talk about them. So, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, first, I need some water. Sorry. Yeah, that was good. Hopefully they can hear that. All right. Uh, so, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So Paul isn't giving a definition. He's not going to give us this definition of what it means to walk by the Spirit. Uh, Because also, like we're going to talk about later, I think that kind of defeats the purpose of its miraculous power. We sit here and define away our faith. Like, we have to explain it. Uh, That's something that I really struggle with, is just I want to be too intellectual with it. I want to explain, hey, this is how exactly I have faith, and this is exactly how God did this thing in me. Like, no, at some point, somebody has to have faith. Like, that's I'm not going to be able to uh, intellectualize this and make it, Uh, comprehensible to everyone because it's not like that's not the point that is not who God is and so he's not going to define how the spirit is working he's just going to kind of unpack what a life looks like when it is lived through the spirit okay or walking by the spirit or lived uh, with the spirit whatever your translation says there so living or walking by the spirit is living out the desires of the spirit Okay, so this is going to be a big thing. It's our new desires, so living out the desires of the Spirit. The first part of verse 16 here is a command, so it says walk by the Spirit. But then the second part is this promise, and you will not gratify the desire. So if you walk by the Spirit, you will not. It is a promise of God. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not. So what is walking by the Spirit? Okay, so we can respond to this command in a couple of ways. So walk by the Spirit, we can respond All right, let's make a list. Let's get it done. Like that's usually what we tend to do. Hey, let's list this out. Let's make this happen. And now uh, the other side of that coin is there's just too many. Like I can either get this done by making my own list and making my own uh, justifications or there's just too many commandments to keep, never have any hope, so let's just fall away. But then there's this third uh, realization which is still kind of negative, but then brings you to a positive. And it's this realization that uh, Christ's commands are opposed by my sinful nature. So like it's it's still not this great thing like, oh, we can get this done because I'm sinful. Uh, it's just plainly telling us that we oppose from birth Christ, uh, His commandments, and that is just our nature. And verse 17 is just going to expand on this. So don't take them as two separate, separate things, but these uh, the same kind of long two sentences that are explaining. So you want to walk by the Spirit because then your desires uh, will be of the Spirit and this is why. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So in their nature they are opposed to me, like the spirit is opposed to me. I'm opposed to the spirit. And so we're going to talk about what this flesh is as well, uh, because it's not just our biological makeup. So our desires are against those of the spirit. And Paul later lists those uh, outward and inward. And that's why we know it's not just this biological thing in us. So if we look at two twenty, 20 uh, Galatians two twenty, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. So there's this I there. So I just take I in quotes. I have been crucified with Christ. And now in verse 24, he's going to say the flesh has been crucified. So this flesh and I have both been crucified. So those are the same thing. And so what are they exactly? What is this flesh? What is this I? If it's more than just biological, if it's more than just myself, what is this flesh? So John Piper says it this way. I thought this was really, uh, really good and concise. The flesh is the ego that fields a need in emptiness then uses all its resources in its own power to fill that need. Okay, so the flesh is this ego, and it uh, creates a need and an emptiness, and then uses any resource that it has within its own power to fulfill the need, which you can't do. So he also says it this way, the flesh is the I. So we're back to this I from Galatians 2.20. The flesh is the I who tries to satisfy me with everything except God. So this flesh is this part of me, this whole part of me that is born this way, uh, this sinful nature. The flesh tries to satisfy my emptiness with everything except God, and it does it in good ways and bad ways. Like it does it with, uh, you know, I have a nice house. We I, uh, have a beautiful family, and uh, we do good things for each other. We uh, try to love each other to the best of our ability. And then, you know, those are all good things, but there's an emptiness there because you're still not whole. Like living a good life still isn't it and so Paul is saying this flesh is that emptiness and you're trying to fill it with everything in your own power all right so we need something outside of ourselves so if verse uh, 24 says that this has been crucified then how can the flesh be at war with God's spirit like if this is done how can we still be at war with God's spirit because verse 17 is saying there's a war in us we are opposed to the spirit the spirit is opposed to us and so in Ephesians 6, Paul writes that our war is not with other men, but with spiritual forces in the heavenly places. And uh, a disciple of Christ is at war inwardly. Like it's not this person that now has it figured out inside their hearts. Uh, the sign of the inward working of the spirit. So this this presence of the spirit is seen uh, not by the absence of fleshly desires, but by the hate for them. It is what changes about your mindset. Uh, Paul says, renew your minds and uh, take up your cross daily. It is this every day I hate this sinful body and it's these things that I grow to have a deep passion for and a longing for from God instead of rather than these desires that I once loved, that I once thought were good. Okay, so this is where we're going is this Inward working of the Spirit is creating new desires in me. And Paul admits this struggle, his own struggle, and he does it in probably the most confusing way that anybody could ever word anything. Uh, in Romans 7.15, when he's like, I do what I don't do, and what I don't do is what I love to not do ever. And it's just, it's the worst. Uh, but he, what he's saying is he just keeps doing what he hates. And Paul keep keeping doing uh, like he keeps on doing what he hates. That's not the bad thing. Like that's the good thing. He is hating these evil parts of himself. But the spirit is is still just chipping away at that. Like he's not going to be complete. He is hanging on to this dead body. A dead body is being carried around on him every single day uh, on his new spiritual self. And so he's not going to be renewed fully until he reaches New Jerusalem, but uh, what is happening is his his heart is being worked on inwardly by the Spirit to cause him to have these new desires in him. And so, verse 24 is saying that uh, this, like, this inward struggle is not going away, but there is victory in that war. Like, this battle is not won for you yet because you're still here. Like, this is still a broken place. Uh, Highland is still a broken place. Like, we wherever we are it's going to be broken still here uh but that overall war is won. like we are promised that there is going to be a bride adorned for us coming out of heaven one day so that war is won. the battle is not okay so moving into romans 8 7 uh, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to god for it does not submit to god's law indeed it cannot all right so this mind that is set on the flesh, the flesh, this part of us that has these old desires, it's hostile to God, and it cannot possibly submit to God because it doesn't long for God. It doesn't have these new desires of God. So without the Spirit, we don't even want to fight. And this is because uh, Christ's commands cannot be obeyed in our own power. All right, And so we have these new desires uh, through the Spirit. So there's a need for the Spirit. Verse 18 says, uh, Let's just go ahead and read it first. But, but if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what it's saying is you can and you will want to obey Christ's commands. Like this isn't something being led by the Spirit. This isn't something that you're like being dragged along. Uh, this is something that your will is imperative in. Uh, you have to very much want to be led by the spirit and this being led is not you following behind it is being linked up so it says you can and you will want to obey christ's commands when being led by the spirit and this uh led you're connected now and the emphasis is not on our effort but on god's action so this this does not require anything of you like you are there like mark 4 says to be soil uh that is planted like seed is scattered in you and the farmer is the one working the ground like there's all these different types of soil there's these this uh, path there's the rocky ground there's the thorns and then there's the good soil but the good soil isn't there until the farmer creates that good soil and then all you are is still soil and the seed is planted in you and then all you produce is a tree but you're still the soil like the tree is the spirit working in you producing that fruit so there, like nothing is from you Nothing is caused by you. Nothing is created by you. You are simply there being worked on by God. The seed is planted in you. And because of the nature of the spirit that is swelling up in you, you now produce fruit. Okay? So, soil can't produce fruit. A tree can, and that is the spirit producing in you. Uh, So, John 15 also says that he is the vine. Uh, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. So walking by the Spirit means staying connected to the vine. It's this connection. It's not following. It's not being dragged along. It's this connection. It's kind of like uh, John Piper says, uh, like we're a train, and uh, the Spirit is the locomotive pulling all the carts. We're just linked up. And then the law is the track. And so you cannot help fulfill the law when you are hooked up to the spirit it's not something you're under but it's something that you cannot help but fulfill all right so moving into this connection uh, we need this connection and this helper because without it we cannot accomplish Christ's will but with it we will joyfully accomplish his will so let's read Ezekiel 36 26 and 27 and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh that means just able to be worked soft And i will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules so look at the end of this i will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules i'm going to put this spirit in you and that is going to cause you the only thing that you can do is just sit there and have me put this new spirit in you so this heart of flesh is one that is soft that can be worked. It's just removing this heart of stone. It's not the flesh that we're talking about here in Galatians. But we are led by the Spirit through the Spirit because God is the one putting these new desires in us. So we're led by the Spirit, meaning that that only comes through the Spirit. We have faith, receive the Spirit, and then we're able to be led by it because it's putting new desires in us. All right? And Paul finishes that verse, 18, with, and we're no longer under the law. This is kind of his big point, is we're free from this. And he's going to expand on it in Romans, so if you want like a uh, more in-depth look of what it means to not be under the law, just read all of Romans. Uh, but that's a, that's a lot, so I'll try to summarize it. Uh, when the Spirit is leading us, the law is this... Railroad track, right? We just talked about this, but I'm gonna keep saying it because Paul does the same thing So I figure I should teach like him Uh, But we're just gonna keep hammering this home. So Like the Spirit is pulling us along. We're chugging along and The nature of a train is the it can only go on a track and so a Track is just the law Under the Spirit. We are being pulled along by the Spirit. We are being led by the Spirit and when you are being led by the Spirit, the only thing that happens is it produces fruit in you. And this fruit just stays on the track. This Spirit just stays on the track because all the Spirit can do is fulfill the law because it was it created the law. The Spirit, Christ, the Father, all of these three Godhead in one created the law and it is perfectly fulfilling it all the time. That is what Christ created. Came to do is perfectly fulfill this law and then die a perfect death for us to relieve us from this uh, entrapment, this sin, and then get us back to the Father. So now being led by the Spirit is this, we don't have to worry about the law because it will be perfectly fulfilled in us because even when we fail, Christ did not. And so Christ has fulfilled this law and now we, being led by the Spirit are fulfilling this law inherently. It is effortless. Just like Paul will go on to mention here in a second, this list uh, starting off with sexual immorality. I wonder why that one was first. Good thing we've moved away from that. Like this Hellenistic society uh, obsessed about a perfect body, like thank goodness I don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, and these temples of sex, like no, let me just create that in my own home when I look at my phone. Like these things are, we are the same people. This is speaking to us now. Like we being led by the spirit, those desires can be taken away. Those desires were taken away from Paul, his desire to murder Christians and hold their coats while it happened. Like these desires, you're not stuck in porn forever. You're not stuck in uh, hating your job forever, hating people around you forever. Like you're not stuck in these things. They will be removed by the Spirit. And they're these promises of God that are just chipping away at you like, hey, now your guilt's gone. Hey, now your fear is gone. And then you're living this life according to the Spirit, and you can't help but fulfill effortlessly this law. Okay, so you're not under it anymore. Uh, And also uh, Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says we're adopted from under the law to be sons of God. So we now are joyfully led by the Spirit. It's not something we have to be dragged along, right? We're joyfully accepted because we're adopted. When you're adopted, you're happy. You're joyful, you're thankful, you're grateful. And now... You love who has adopted you. So we love, we gladly clinch to the Spirit because we've tasted life. We've tasted the adopted life. Like none of you would be sitting in this room uh, like you're grown men and women. You wouldn't be sitting here unless it were your choice. And you're not here unless you have tasted this life of the Spirit. And we want to joyfully clinch to that. But for some reason, I keep desiring other things because I don't want to walk by the Spirit. I don't want to have faith. I don't want to trust that God is doing these things for my good. I don't wanna trust that he gave himself for me, died for me and is working all things for my good. So moving on to uh, 22 and 23, plenty of time. So uh, we have this list here of these bad things that are inherently produced in us. Like we don't have to try to do these, these come pretty naturally. So, moving into the ones that we feel like we have to try to do, that we try to emulate. uh, Now, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. All right? So notice right here, fruit, it's not but the fruits of the spirit, fruit, like these are all wrapped up in one, they're not flavors of the week. It's not just like, hey, I'm gonna be good at this today, but I'm probably not gonna be as patient. Uh, these all kind of come inherently, just like the others, like sexual immorality, those go with impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, all that's wrapped up in the one, well, the fruit, of the spirit is wrapped up into one. These all come out because it is the whole characteristic of Christ, and that is given to you by the Spirit. Just like your sinful nature brings all of sin, like your, the Spirit presence brings all of the Spirit. Okay, so the Spirit ensures this image in our lives. Uh, this is the image of what a Christ-like life looks like, and the Spirit presence ensures this. And walking by the Spirit ensures the joy, like we're only going to probably get to joy because uh, we're not going to go through all of these, but just on joy. So it ensures the joy mentioned in the list of the fruit. And faith brings this Spirit out uh, and it enacts these characteristics of God. So since God is unchanging, our joy will be unchanging, no, no matter what the emotional uh, circumstance is. And our entire lives are built on trusting God's promises. And trusting who he is. And even when, like, we have just been wrecked, uh, lost a child, uh, lost a loved one, lost a job, like, when we're emotionally distraught, you can still trust that God is working for your good. Like, also, let's define what for my good is. It's not the prosperity gospel. This is working for my good, for my whole self one day. And Instead of it wrecking us uh, beyond repair, we're now able to still have joy that we belong to God, that we're these adopted sons and daughters of God. Okay? Uh, So we've already talked about the the fruit being singular, but I think that that's a big point to catch. Uh, This is not something that we have to pick and choose and that we try to emulate. All right? And uh, Paul is putting this temptation. To make these a to-do list to rest here, uh, when he says that they're not under the law, and then also these these fruit, this fruit is not uh, it's not ours to produce. Like if we produce the sinful stuff, then that's the flesh. The flesh opposes the spirit. Then we cannot produce the things of the spirit. Only the spirit can. Does that make sense? Like. We cannot emulate these. We cannot make these a to do list because it's impossible. We oppose that. Uh, We can try to put on a pretty good face here every Sunday, but like we need help. We need the spirit presence uh, because we cannot produce the things of the spirit uh, without its presence, just like you can only get an apple from an apple tree. Like we're the bad trees. Uh, The spirit is the only thing that can produce these good trees. So, these by nature cannot be under law because they fulfill the law. It's this perfect presence of God, perfect presence of Christ in us, who has perfectly fulfilled the law and then died a perfect death. Uh, And so, He has fulfilled this, and when His Spirit is in us, we have fulfilled this. And then it just comes out naturally, because the Spirit just starts producing this stuff. And so, just like uh, Paul said in verse 14, that this one commandment of loving your neighbor sums up all the law, uh, then it's all fulfilled through Christ. This one act has fulfilled this law. Uh, And you do not... So you can't just try to love your neighbor because you inherently cannot. You, by nature, cannot go out and love your neighbor. You can make it feel like you are. You can make it kind of look like you are uh, because we're pretty good at faking it, so we make it at this point. But Like we said at the beginning of the passage, this this spirit is in opposition to me, and I am in opposition to Jesus' commandments. So if I'm in opposition of His commandments, I certainly can't fulfill the one commandment that fulfills all the rest. Right? Like this one that totally encapsulates the law. Because if you perfectly love your neighbor, you perfectly are selfless. You perfectly are like blameless and shameless perfectly loving, if you do all of these things, you are completely giving of yourself, willing to die for your neighbor, completely giving. So if if I can't, if I'm in opposition of his commandments, I can't fulfill the one that fulfills the rest, right? So this must mean that the freedom I now have that Paul talked about at the beginning of the chapter, the freedom I have is coming from the Spirit. So instead of trying to love my neighbor, I can now walk by the Spirit, be led by it, And I will love my neighbor. So instead of trying to love my neighbor, I will love my neighbor simply because the Spirit does. Does that make sense? Uh, So we can be certain of this because you'll either effortlessly produce bad fruit or effortlessly produce good fruit. So Paul gives us these two paths in verses 19 through 21. And he brings this battle back up in us in verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So those who belong, don't miss the belong, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. And this is not just our bodies. Remember, this flesh is all of those desires, this self of mine that completely opposes the spirit. That has not just been like, Put to rest put to sleep for now this part of me if if i belong if i am adopted if i am loved by god if i love my father in heaven then i have not just put this aside still intact for later use this sinful part of me it has been brutally nailed to a cross and beaten half to death And then tormented, insulted, broken completely, then laid in the ground. Like, this part of me has not been set aside. It has been crucified. Like, there's a difference here. There's supposed to be something resonating with these Galatians who were living in a time where Christians were crucified along the road. Like, this, this resonated with people, but it doesn't today. Uh, maybe it, it would if we said, like, this part of me has been curb stomped. Like, just this horrible act, but this is something that we can relate to, right? Like, this part of me has been completely destroyed and humiliated. It has lost. Uh, just like that part of Christ, this perfect Christ was crucified like that. And it has been taken away, and now we can live in the Spirit, renewed, alive, like Christ is today. He's not some dude floating on a cloud like he is flesh, blood, spit, bone, uh, skin. Like he has probably curly hair. I don't know. Uh, but like that, that dude is alive. Like he is alive in the heavenly realm somewhere, and that is where this battle in me is being uh, being fought. So I have no idea where I am right now. Let me find it. Uh all right, so this flesh, this eye, this battle that we just mentioned, when it's crucified, it no longer has control. It's still like it's, it's still hanging on top of me. Uh, that was believed to be this thing in Roman culture uh, that where if you had murdered somebody, their dead body, like as your prison sentence would be carried around on top of you. And so you're carrying around this dead body, and that's kind of the idea of what Paul says when he says uh, that he's carrying around this body. Uh, we don't know that to be true or not, but that's just like what some people think may have been happening at the time. But I think it's a great illustration of what's happening with me right now. Like For some reason, I just can't stop like being frustrated and angry with my wife when I'm impatient. And like I just can't stop being a bad man. Uh, but that's because, you know, I'm trying to emulate it. I'm trying to replicate this work of the Spirit, which opposes me. Like, I oppose it. I cannot do it. But what, what Paul is writing here is that when that's crucified, it's no longer in control, and I'm free of it. That's what this freedom is, is I am free of the these dead desires, and the, my desires have completely changed. Uh, so the only way that I'm free is through the Spirit, Through the Spirit I received by faith. The Spirit opposes those fleshly desires, and I am born with those. So the Spirit is the one bringing the new desires. You don't have to do anything. God is going to completely break you. And this is what I mean uh, by we're free in the Spirit. It's just these new desires are being brought by the Spirit. And Paul is just repeating himself over and over and over to hammer the point. And uh, that's how he's going to wrap it up in verse 25. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So if we, if we are alive, that's what he means by live by the Spirit. If we are alive in the Spirit, if I've tasted life, like who's tasted life here, right? Like I have felt the good things. I've felt the godly presence in me. But then most of the time, like I'm feeling the sinful nature that I'm still trying to resurrect from the dead, even though it's been crucified. And so if we are alive by the Spirit, if we are adopted, we belong, we're loved by God. If we're alive and our old selves have been crucified, then we will desire to be led by the Spirit. We uh, have tasted this and we want nothing else but to keep on tasting this. So we belong to God now because of the Spirit presence. And those who belong to him, his children, will live with him and walk with him because they want to. And if we don't, verse 26 says, we'll effortlessly go back again to producing this bad fruit. If we are the ones trying to produce stuff, we will effortlessly produce the bad fruit. But when we are led by the Spirit, meaning I trust that God promises that His way is better than mine. I trust that God promises that He's working for my good. I trust that He promises that while I was still a sinner, He died for me. And when we do that, that is when the spirit can lead us when it is acting for us and in us Uh, so what is walking by the spirit we're going to just summarize these three answers right here what is walking by the spirit being led by the spirit and bearing fruit of the spirit so we now have desires because the spirit has placed them in us like we can't produce those we oppose them Uh, and it is god's plan of action in us That sets us free. I'm finally free to live. I'm finally free to feel life. I am alive in the Spirit. Therefore, I walk with the Spirit. Why is it important to walk by the Spirit? Well, verse 16 says that if we walk by the Spirit, then we're no longer going to have these desires. Like it's a promise. It's not something that, well, if I walk by the Spirit, then I'll also need to do a couple things, but then I'll finally be free. No, if I walk by the Spirit, then I am free. It's going to happen. It's effortless, it is just produced. And when you walk by the Spirit, the whole law is fulfilled, like Paul writes in verse 14. You have this God presence, you have Jesus presence, who fulfilled the law perfectly. And then he's just like pushing that stuff out of you. It's producing fruit. A, a tree doesn't have to like uh, to get fruit out, right? Like that looked stupid, but that, a tree doesn't have to look stupid like that to get fruit out. Like it doesn't have to grunt and uh, concentrate, but it just produces fruit, right? Well, that is the Spirit. It just produces fruit in you. And so the fruit cannot be under the law because it fulfills the law. And we're not under the law because the sign of the new covenant, the Spirit, it's, it's one that produces fruit, and it's in us. So like now this new covenant here is just perfectly being fulfilled in the presence of the Spirit. So how do I walk by the Spirit? Well, your heart must rest in the Spirit of God. It must rest in God's presence. Uh... Like, you won't, you won't walk in the Spirit if you are constantly trying to drag this dead body around. Uh, it's possible to walk by the Spirit when you live a life of faith that God loved you, gave Himself for you, and works all things together for your good. So you have faith in God's promises. You rest in His Word. Uh, you're just washed in His Word daily. You're washing the people in your lives uh, with the Word and... You trust his ways for your life, and our faith is credited, credited as righteousness, like it was for Abraham, and has allowed Christ to work in us through the love brought on by the Spirit. So, like the Spirit has produced this love that we're now capable of for Christ. Like we have faith in Christ, and the Spirit brings on this love that is just continuous. So, I don't want to I don't want to try to define how the Spirit works in us, because, like I said earlier. Uh, that kind of takes away this miraculous power. Like if I'm trying to define exactly what God does, then why don't I just be God? And so we don't want to do that, but I think just it's, it's kind of working overall general process ca- can be summed up. You can decide if you like it or not, but I don't know. Uh, it is faith in Jesus and the presence of the Spirit that brings our continuous love for Jesus And being led by the Spirit so we we now have this faith in Jesus and we have this presence of the Spirit and what that does it brings on more love a deeper love because now I have more hate for the evil things that are a part of me and so I, I have more hate for my sin and more understanding of my sin which is the laws general overall original purpose and now that's even being fulfilled the law completely being fulfilled, its purpose in me. So now I am hating the sin in my life, loving that Christ has died for me and risen so I can now experience life still. And so that's just going to make me love being led by the Spirit. So that's what I mean by it's faith in Jesus. So this working process of the Spirit, it is faith in Jesus and the presence of the Spirit that brings on our continuous love for Jesus and love for being led by the Spirit. So thank
0: you to Alex for teaching this morning for us. Uh, If you are a young professional, young adult, uh, their class two twenty two, that's Timothy 2-2-2, 2 Timothy 2-2, there you go. Um, That's what the verse is, and and they meet on Sunday mornings as well at 10 a.m. at Highland. Um, And so next week we'll be together, but in a special class, and so not in the Bridge Builders classroom, so there won't be a podcast. We'll be in the chapel. And then the week after that, I'll actually be teaching. And so we'll be jumping into the last two sections of Galatians 6. It'll be me, and then the week after that, David Flatt. And then we will move on to a new series. So I hope you're doing well. I hope God blesses you this week. And we will see you next time.